on this Wednesday of the third week of Lent. Actually, it's almost midpoint of our Lenten journey. What the Lord is asking us is to telling us to keep the commandments, to follow the commandments, to follow the commandments as a source of our joy, but also a source of healing, to follow the commandments as a source of wisdom, protection for our families, protection for our nation or our nations. It is a gift of God. It's a gift of wisdom. I have to say that many times I used to work with young people early on. And as a matter of fact, I was even a chaplain of a high school for a number of years. And how many times young people would tell me why God wants to put all these restrictions? Why all these commandments? Why do I have to follow? Doesn't God want us to have some fun? You know, and only young people can say that. Only young people can kind of articulate sort of in a rebellious way, perhaps, because it seems like it's a restriction. It seems like a restriction. But on the other hand, as the Lord speaks to the people of God through Moses, he says, observe them carefully, for thus you will give evidence of your wisdom and intelligence to the nations who will hear of all these statues and say, this great nation is truly a wise and intelligent people. Wise and intelligent because they follow the commandments. What, what are those commandments? The commandments is a path by which we enter eternal life, the path by which we enter the paradise, but also here on earth, we create a type of kingdom of the Lord. Just can you imagine where people do not betray each other, do not lie, do not kill, do not hurt, wound? Can you imagine uh, this world where people would be honoring the Lord as the only one, having no idols? Can you imagine that people would not take the Lord's name in vain? Can you imagine with on a holy day they would be worshiping and honoring him? Can you imagine that? That's why the commandments is a blueprint, it's a path by which we attain not only that which we desire here on earth, but eternity. But it takes a type of maturity because otherwise we're blinded by, by our sin, we're blinded by our own disorders, so we can't see. We can't see and then we kind of go off and hopefully we don't hurt ourselves too badly because it's, it's very difficult to heal after being profoundly wounded by, by life, not according to commandments, but our own wishes, desires. And so we complicate things, we complicate this world. But this is what the Lord says, now hear Israel, and he's speaking to all of us. Hear the statues and decrees which I am teaching you today. I want you to observe them, that you may live that you may enter and take possession of the land which the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, is giving you. The Old Testament is the, the promised land, is a physical, geographical reality, and also it's a type of reality whereby it's not just a being at home, but experiencing that, that, that peaceful existence. 
This is what the Lord promised, but for each one of us, he's asking us now, hear the people of God, hear what I'm teaching you and observe them so that you may live and enter into the eternal kingdom because that's the path by which you go. But what great nation is there? What great people are there that have God so close to them as you are, as you have? However, take care and be earnestly on your guard not to forget the things which your own eyes have seen and let them ship, not let them slip from your memory as long as you live, but teach them, teach them to your children and to your children's children so that they will know, they will know the truth. I always think in terms of commandments, as you know, I do travel a bit. So if you have a good map, you know how to avoid not only pitfalls, but now with the with the GPS and Google Maps and all the other things, they even tell you where traffics are, where accidents are. You know, they tell you everything. And so I have this image of commandments as God's guidance. And when one is prayerful, one enters into this communion and dialogue with the Lord, the Lord will warn us. He will tell us where the traffic is, where the pitfalls are, where the stumbling blocks are. So it is, it is in that prayerful openness, openness of our hearts to God, and he'll guide us because he'll tell us what, what we need to do, which we should be or how we should avoid things because God will instruct us and he will guide us because he's God, God of love. And today in our gospel, we hear a very interesting thing because Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill them. I think the Lord in some ways is saying to us, just because I have reduced the 10 into two, that means what did you do with the rest? It's the commandment of love, love of God and love of neighbor. And some people I would imagine say, okay, well, it looks like you're just eliminated everything else. But the Lord says, no, I have come to fulfill. I have come to give you the instructions that if you do follow the Lord, and if you really love him, if you really care for him, if you really love him from all your heart, from all your will, whatever you can do, then you will be in good shape. And then if you love your neighbor as yourself, if you love your neighbor in the same way as I love them, you'll be in good shape. You don't have to worry about all the details of the law because you already be doing that. And so this is what the Lord is saying. I have not come to abolish. Amen. I say to you, until heaven and earth will pass away, not the smallest letter nor the smallest part of letter will, will, will pass from the law until all things have taken place because the, the, the commandments were given to us so that we may be in heaven and until we are we're there until by following him we're there then this this instruction from the lord will not pass away so therefore whoever breaks the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever obeys whoever follows teaches these commandments will call the greatest in the kingdom of heaven why why the commandments is because we are set aside for God. God wants us to set aside. He wants us to be special people, to come to know him, to love him, 
to be with him. He always said he was apart. Remember, Jesus consecrated all the, his disciples and all those who will follow him when he spoke to the Father, when he prayed to the Father at the Last Supper. Remember, I consecrate them. I entrust them to you that they may be one, that they may be faithful, that they may truly be people peculiarly your own, Lord. Father, as he turns to the Father. And you know this consecration, Jesus initiated a consecration when he came into this world and he consecrated us just as he offered himself and trusted himself to the Father on our behalf. He died for us. Jesus has made, made this act of consecration uh, of his own body to the Father, but he's offering us, setting us aside for a particular purpose, divine purposes. And you know, all of you already know how grateful we are that on this, this Friday, on the solemnity of the Annunciation or Incarnation of the Lord, our Holy Father is asking us to consecrate ourselves, to consecrate the world, but in a special way, consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. It is on the 38th anniversary of the consecration, which John Paul II, St. John Paul II did. It's 38 years ago, 1984. And so Pope Francis wishes to reconsecrate. 38 years ago is a long time in many ways. Of course, many of us, it doesn't seem to be that long. I had the privilege of being a seminarian at that time, and I prepared. The, for the ceremony of the consecration of our seminary in Washington. And all of us who participated in it joined together with John Paul at the same time. We all joined, joined together. And it is a privilege here of the National Shrine to join together with Pope Francis on the 25th of this month, which is Friday. There will be a special celebration here Pope Francis wishes to do so at noon, I'm sorry, at 5 p.m., 5 p.m. time of Rome in Rome. And he wishes to do so also in Fatima. And that makes 5 p.m. is noon here, Eastern daylight time, noon. So what we are planning to do is we would like to have special mass here that starts at 11 will be live stream mass, so there will be no nine o'clock mass, but we'll postpone it to 11. And so at 11 o'clock, we'll have mass here at the shrine, and at 12 o'clock at the end of the mass, we'll consecrate all of us, all of you who are hearing, wherever you are, who are participating at this mass, we'll consecrate here all the people of God here at the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, all of you who will be participating. And wherever we are as Marians, we'll consecrate ourselves as well. And, and this will be a special time. So at 11 o'clock, live stream mass will, longer, will not be on this Friday uh, at 11, I'm sorry, at 9, but it will be at 11. And at the end of that mass, together with the Holy Father, we'll consecrate ourselves to, to, um, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We'll consecrate the world and in a special way, consecrate Ukraine and and near Russia. This is how a Catholic News Service wrote Pope Francis 
has written a letter asking all Catholics to assemble in their parishes on Friday to pray the act of consecration of the world, particularly Russia and Ukraine, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The Vatican published a Pope's letter two days ago uh, before the scheduled Marian consecration in St. Peter's Basilica. That's to take place on March 25th in union with bishops around the world. And this is Holy Father says the following. He says, I ask you to join in this act by inviting the priests, religious and faithful, to assemble in their churches and places of prayer on March 25th so that God's holy people may raise a heartfelt and choral plea to Mary, our mother. Pope Francis said in a letter sent to all the bishops of the world. And then he asks the following, he says, um, this act of consecration is meant to be a gesture of the universal church, which in this dramatic moment lifts up to God through his mother and ours, the cry of pain of all those who suffer and implore an end to the violence and to, and to entrust the future of our human family to the Queen of Peace. This is what Pope Francis said. Also, the Pope will pray this consecration during a penitential service, which he will preside over at St. Peter's Basilica at 5 p.m. local time. And then um, in, in this letter, which he actually signed yesterday, he said that he wanted to entrust the nations at war to the Blessed Virgin Mary in response to no numerous requests from the people of God. Nearly a month has passed, he says, since the outbreak of the war in Ukraine that is daily inflicting immense suffering upon its sorely tried people and threatening world peace. At this dark hour, the church is urgently called to intercede before the Prince of Peace and to demonstrate her closeness to those directly affected by the conflict. I have to say that already over a hundred uh, dioceses responded in the United States, almost a third uh, of all the dioceses have already said they will do so at their places, cathedrals, inviting the people. I do not know how the response has been around the world, but I already know that several of the conferences of Catholic bishops have made immediately a statement, which means is that this may, may be the closest for us to see every diocese, every bishop around the world to do so, to, to consecrate on the same anniversary that John Paul II did 38 years ago. And why is it on the, on the Annunciation? Why is because Our Lady has consecrated herself. The angel of the, of the Lord came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. How is it possible? How is it possible, Our Lady says to the angel, because he says she's inviting her that she will be the mother of the Son of God. How is it possible? The Holy Spirit come down upon you, overshadow you, and the one who will be born is the Son of the Most High. And then Our Lady says, how is it? Because that's by the Holy Spirit. But then she says, let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me according to your word. That's the moment where she gives herself completely at the service of God. And so that's why the church has done this consecration on the 25th of March. 
on the solemnity of the Annunciation or the Incarnation of the Lord. And the, and the Church is inviting us to do the same by the words of the Holy Father to do the same, consecrate ourselves, consecrate the world, consecrate Russia and Ukraine, consecrate so that we may have peace. Because if we set ourselves for the purposes of God, then we shall have peace. This is what the Lord wanted. He was consecrating us first. Our Lady has done it at the, at the, during the Annunciation and she has also done it at the foot of the cross. You know, there she was gave herself completely to God the Father, offering her son who was, who was dying on the cross. By the way, the, the prayer which the Holy Father will, has already published is a beautiful prayer. If you want to read it ahead, I know that we will provide at our celebration, you know, all of you who are watching, watching the live stream mass, you'll see the prayer so you can consecrate yourself if you don't have, if you don't have that prayer. But it's a beautiful prayer. I'll just say a couple words from, from this prayer. It says, O Mary, Mother of God and our Mother, in this time of trial we turn to you. As our Mother, you love us and know us. No concern of our hearts is hidden from you. Mother of mercy, how often we have experienced your watchful care and your peaceful presence. You never cease to guide us to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Yet we have strayed from the path of peace. We have forgotten the lessons we have learned. We have forgotten, we have, we have become sinners. And so we no longer are able to be faithful to you. And this is the consequences, we, we don't, we're not faithful to you we're not faithful to God, then we bring upon ourselves the misery, the, the problems, the hate, the confusion, war, violence, because we have taken our eyes off from our Lord. And so, and there's a beautiful prayer. I'm not gonna read this prayer because it will be form of consecration, but I'm just inviting you, Holy Mother, amid the misery of our sinfulness, amid our struggles and weaknesses, amid the mystery of iniquity that is evil and war, you remind us that God never abandons us, but continues to look upon us with love, ever ready to forgive us, ever ready to raise us up to a new life. He has given you to us and made your Mecca heart a refuge for the church and for all humanity. Let us prepare ourselves for this moment, asking the Lord to, to prepare our hearts. Let us purify ourselves, perhaps maybe through a confession, but maybe it won't be enough time or there'll be no opportunity, but spiritually, let us do examination of conscience before this act. So maybe next two days, let us ask the Lord to help us out, to be ready to prepare ourselves from our whole heart. Because when we are, we are ready, then it is much easier, as you know, that second principle of spiritual or, or a sacramental theology is the more we prepare, the greater gifts we receive. Everything that we do is effective because God is helping us and he will, he will help us to accomplish, but we receive greater fruitfulness when we prepare ourselves. So as I says, the Lord to, to be with us. Um, and then at this moment, we are, here we are at this Eucharist. We will enter in a very few moments, we'll enter the, the offertory when we offer the bread and wine to God the Father.
And then we will ask the Holy Spirit to come down and consecrate that bread and wine into the being body and blood of our Lord Jesus. We will ask for that power outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and wine so that they may be truly the body and blood of Christ. And then at communion, we will receive him. We will welcome him sacramentally or spiritually. In some ways, every Eucharist is this consecration, not only of the bread and wine, but ourselves as well. Let's take advantage. Let's invite so many people to this moment of consecration on this Friday, but also let's encourage one another, you know, encourage our family members to participate in the Eucharist, participate fully, to come to Mass, to come to prayers, to do the stations, but above all, not to miss, you know, the, the great opportunity the Lord is giving us to this Eucharistic celebration where Jesus is offering himself to the Father on our behalf, and then he gives himself to us so that we may be like him, that we may find a path to eternal life, to that paradise which the Lord gives us. And, and all the things that the Lord is promising will come true. Let us place our confidence in him and he will accomplish this great task, the miracle of us being with him for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.